Well, hi and welcome to our Favourite Friends podcast. I'm really excited about our, a new edition that's out today and uh, we've got some great guests that we're going to welcome and uh, a lot of you already know them, but uh, you know, we want to have the opportunity to talk a little bit younger. I mean, and these girls are probably half my age, which is really quite scary in itself. But today we're going to welcome two of our youth pastors, actually, and along with their husbands doing an incredible job serving in the youth ministry of IC Church. And so firstly, I want to welcome Danielle McNally from Launceston. Say hi, Danielle. Hi, everyone. Thanks, Pastor Joe. Good to have you here. And then we also have a Gabby with us, Gabby Geeling, and uh, with Josh, the um, youth pastors of our Brisbane uh, locations. And so do you want to say hi to us, Gabby, as well? Hello. So good to have you girls with us. And uh, just so everyone understands, Danielle, you're in Launceston. Is that correct? Yes, I am. And Gabby. Yep, and you're in Brizzy, so just so people have some understanding. Yep, that's awesome. And uh, maybe, Daniel, just give us a heads up. What's the weather like right now in Tassie? Um, I don't know if I've climatised or not, but it's actually pretty warm. It's 17 degrees Ooh. and I am in a T-shirt and shorts. So it's yes. actually, yeah, it's beautiful. It's Autumn is the, it's the greatest season down here. It's just, it's lovely. It's been sunny and yeah, really nice cold mornings, but warm days. So, oh, yeah. well, that's awesome. And we're in Brizzy and it's just started raining, but uh, that's all <laughs> good. Well, I'm really excited to have you guys on there. And, uh, you know, obviously, Danielle, you know, maybe you want to kickstart a little bit. Uh, tell us a bit about who you are, a bit about your background, especially thinking a lot of women maybe don't know who you are as well. Maybe give us a bit of an insight to who is Danielle McNally? Yeah. Uh, so I, um, I grew up in, a, in regional uh, Queensland um, in a small town called Meribah and I moved to Brisbane when um, I graduated, when I finished uh, school and I did uh, two years of Bible college um, at IC and um, joined the youth team pretty much straight away and um, have been serving on the youth team ever since. Um, and then been doing other things in church as well as that. Um, yeah, I did two years of Bible college, got married um, after that. I was a baby. I was 19 when I got married. And wow. then, um, and then yeah, I went to uni, studied for four, four and a half years, and I'm now a high school teacher. Which is awesome. And how long have you been in Launceston? We moved uh, to Launceston in January last year, so just over one year. Um, that involved a lockdown as well, didn't it? Yeah, we, well, and that's what I, I, um, I haven't experienced a unlocked down autumn. So that's why I'm loving this season at the moment is because I can actually go out and experience it, which is really nice. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, we were really sad when Jordan and Danielle obviously left Brisbane, but um, just knew God was going to use them so powerfully in Tasmania. I remember when Paul said, I'm going to talk to Jordan and Danielle, and I'm like, just so sad every time he sends someone out I just grieve I feel I just grieve and I said but what if they don't want to go and I remember him having the conversation and said nah they felt God was speaking to them I went darn it but that's <laughs> all good. 
It's all good. So maybe Gabby, you know, apart from the fact, you know, I've heard you've got a really good mother-in-law. Actually, I shouldn't joke like that for people who are listening. I am Gabby's mother-in-law, so that's really inappropriate. I'm not even going to make her answer that question. But maybe give us a bit of insight into who you are, a bit of your background, and, uh, you know, obviously shout out how good your mum-in-law is as well. But, no, obviously go for it. You are very great. Um, (laughs) Um, yeah, a little bit about me. I, I'll save you the details of my story, but it's a very long one for another time. But um, grew up in, they call it a city. I would not call it a city, but Bundaberg, North Queensland. Um, and grew up there pretty much my whole life, high school, all that. And then at the end of year 12, felt to move to Brisbane for uni. So started a degree in justice, um, a Bachelor of Justice majoring in criminology and policing, surprisingly. Wow. Um, yeah. And then graduated after three years and then got married right before COVID, which was a blessing and a half. Um, and then basically as soon as we got married, took on the youth ministry so that's when Danielle and Jordan left for Tassie so been in youth ministry for a year now which has been very exciting so that's a bit about me yeah it's awesome okay I just actually realized not only you girls in youth ministry but you are regional girls yes yeah yeah and I know I've asked Gabby this before and I'll let her answer in a moment but Danielle did you always think you'd leave your regional town at some point um yeah I think I did I, um, I mean, everyone in Maribyrnong talks about wanting to leave and then half of them never leave and stay there for their whole life. Um, but, yeah, I think I just always had that sort of ambition and drive to not that there's anything wrong with a small town, but to, you know, to get out and to learn a bit more and to experience new things. So, I, yeah, I think I always was, yeah, knew I was going to leave. Yeah. What about you, Gabby? Definitely. Um, <laughs> I think because I was, I was born here and then obviously moved to Bundaberg and I think I always was drawn to the city. I cannot say that I like the slow paced life. So coming to Brisbane was definitely <laughs> something that I've always wanted to do. And just to study, I think I was the first in my family to ever go to university and graduate with a degree. So that was a really big motivating factor for me as well. So, yeah. What about the culture shock? You know, Danielle, I'll start with you moving to the big smoke. What was that like? Yeah, no, there actually was a culture shock. And, um, you know, you think about there being a culture shock going to other, you know, like third world countries and those sorts of things. But it's different. It really is different. Um, You know, the expectation on um, commitment and also just traffic, like time to get to places um, and yeah, the way that people do things, the way that people talk about things, it's um, it's different. And it did actually take a while for me to adjust and to actually, um, yeah, to assimilate to Brisbane life and culture, really. Yeah, because how many traffic lights does Maryborough have? <laughs> Not many. You can definitely travel from one side to the other in about five minutes. Lots of roundabouts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a roundabouts, is that what they have? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, what about you, Gabby? What was a bit of a culture shock moving to Brisbane? Yeah, I think, you know, being in a regional town or city, you know everyone and you go everywhere and you will bump into people that you know. So moving to a city where it's very much 
everything's distant. Like you've got to travel half an hour. Like there's that mind shift that you have to actually pre-plan everything you do. Um, I think growing up, we just, everything was spontaneous. Like your friends would message you and be like, we're going to be here in five minutes. Let's all come out. But you, you move to a city and it's, you got to plan your weeks, plan your days. Um, I think that was probably the big thing that shocked me. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we're as socially connected in the city. That's for sure. I think mm-hmm. it's, um, yeah, it's very ordered. I know it fits to all the Adelaide girls who might be listening today, but when I left Adelaide and I'm Adelaide born and bred, And uh, going back to Adelaide now, I allow so much time to travel places. I remember being in the car and allowing 45 minutes to get from one side to the other, you know, and we arrived 20 minutes later and it was like, oh, yeah, that's right. We don't, (laughs) you know, just those awkward things. You just have mindsets now. I'm going to allow lots of time and, uh, you know, but that's just life. That's just life. All right, let's get into some nitty-gritty. Tell me what you love about youth ministry. Danielle, why don't you kickstart it? I mean, well, I hope you love it because you girls are youth pastors. (laughs) So... This better be a good conversation. We love that ministry. Yeah, um, well, I do love it. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, without sounding super cliche or super, yeah, just um, any of those sorts of things, it's, it's definitely the reason why I'm also a, a teacher um, and it's the reason why I sort of I do anything that I do. But I just love... Um, I love people and I care for people and I love the opportunity in youth ministry and, you know, just in church and in life in general where you get the opportunity to make an impact on somebody's life. And I love, you know, seeing teenagers grow and develop and sort of um, being able to lovingly push them out of their comfort zone a little bit and find, you know, their calling and find out what, um, you know, what their future holds and to be able to hear from God for the first time and experience God and to have those sorts of breakthroughs. It's just, it's so rewarding. And um, yeah, I just love the, the idea that I get the opportunity to give back and to sort of, yeah, leave a lasting impact in their lives, hopefully. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. What about you, Gabby? You know, what do you love about youth ministry? Yeah, I reckon for me in particular, I think, Growing up as a teenager, I had lots of role models, but no one that specifically led me, I think. So coming into youth ministry, I think what I love is that we get to individually lead young people um, and to to be able to go on journeys with them as well. I think going through a lot in my teens and experiencing things and then having not really anyone to go through that with me, to be able to be that for someone else, I think is really powerful and to be able to journey through things with other young girls who are experiencing stuff growing up and need someone I think that's one of the big things that I love about youth ministry yeah yeah it's awesome look I'm old now and you know I was a youth pastor and I love my youth days but you know what do you think are teenagers I mean you may want to talk specifically girls but teenagers are generally general what do you think they're facing you know what challenges are they actually going through um Danielle do you want to kick us off um yeah so I think there's sort of there's same there's similar challenges to the things that I I went through and that other generations have gone through you know it's girls particularly and and guys as well things like body image you know bullying all of those things you know mental health they're all the same issues but I think 
the major difference with this generation is that the exposure and the the overexposure to all of those things and and overstimulation, I guess. Um, you know, when I was a teenager, you know, there was a, there was a stack full of magazines that you could use, and you could you know you could buy a magazine and look at it and compare yourself to that or read the top ten diet tips. But um, that was a choice. You could buy the magazine or you didn't have to buy the magazine. But nowadays, like you know, social media is just filled with so many things and it's it's sort of unavoidable um like online bullying's there but also like the comparison of body image and the comparison of you know all of those things and then that sort of accumulates to also you know more mental health issues I've, I've never seen a you know group of kids that are, feel so anxious and you know I deal with that at school just so many kids with you know anxiety and um and this actual lack of you know, human connection, but so much connection, you know, in the social world. Yeah, yeah, so true. Gabby, what about you? What insights are you seeing, like challenges, you know, our teens are facing? Um, I think especially being a chaplain, you see a lot that goes on behind closed doors with kids. And I think, you know, we're stepping into a world of different things and young people are being exposed to more things than I ever was, um, which is scary. Um, but I think in particular, obviously, yeah, comparison is a big one. And, you know, most young people who seek mental health support at school are either struggling with anxiety or a mental health concern. So that's definitely a big thing. But I think they're being obviously, um, they're, they're being caused by, I guess, being attached to that digital world. Um, but I think also just a lack of identity, like young people come and they'll sit in my office at school and they'll be like, I don't know what to do with my life. And that is linked to anxiety as well. So it's kind of like this web of issues kind of just forms out of a place of really trying to be connected, but not being connected and then having friends and trying to fit in. And then this whole web of issues that kind of form together to kind of make up a, a lack of identity within young people. And I see that so often, which is you know, really sad. Yeah. I think, okay, let's be really honest. I think at any age we can really uh, get sucked into this vortex of comparison and identity issues. I don't think it's just uniquely teens. I think it's definitely amplified in the teens. You know, has, has this been something maybe either of you have struggled with at any point and, you know, what sort of things have you done to maybe walk through that journey? Danielle, I'll start with you. Yeah, I think... Um that the whole, you know, just the scrolling, like it's so easy to just get sucked in and, um, and you know, you know that Instagram is the highlight reel and you know all of those things, but gosh, it's so easy to just compare and it's so easy to look at somebody else's life and make judgments and assumptions based on a 15-second video or based on a photo that you see. And so absolutely, um you know, there's been times where I've just, I've caught myself, you know, in an Instagram stalk of some, you know, celebrity, probably some Christian pastor in America, just, you know, <laughs> scrolling through and trying to figure out what their life is like. And, um, and I think it's just important to constantly, I guess, ground yourself, um, 
you know, in who you are. And like Gabby said, like with the identity, making sure that you're confident in who you are and making sure that, you know, I remind myself about, you know, my calling and, and where I am is, you know, the right place and where I need to be. And sometimes just making the decision to stop and to not, you know, look at those things or just to not, um, yeah, to open the open the Bible instead of, you know, scrolling and, and um, comparing. Um, is sometimes a really good decision for me. Yeah, it's it's so true. What about you, Gabby? Like, you know, have you experienced these things in your life? You know, some of these things we're talking about right now. Yeah, I think probably comparison. Um, I grew up in the age of the thigh gap. Um, so, <laughs> you know, left, right and centre girls were as skinny as I could be. And I think, you know, I had to come to a realization of not every single woman looks the same and that, you know, it's okay to not have a thigh gap. (laughs) Um, Absolutely. (laughs) um, But I think just journeying through learning to love myself was something that I had to go through in high school, um, especially, and just understand that God made me the way that I am and I don't have to be a certain way I don't have to look a certain way for anybody just to fit in but that you know I'm I'm made uniquely the way that I am and that's all that really matters and I think that's something that I probably journeyed through and I know young people probably are today as well yeah so let's just you know explore that because you know it's one thing to say you know I've just got to you know accept myself the way I am but what are the keys to actually doing that because um you know we we asked her I just thank the lord I didn't have social media in my teens like that is just liberating to think oh my gosh you know historical record of my life that's not their friends it's you know, <laughs> it's just not there um but you know like well how do we do that I know we just you know because it's not just sometimes just oh I just choose not to compare myself or I choose not to you know, I choose to love myself today. Maybe what's some real practical things that you've had to do maybe in your life? Maybe, Danielle, do you want to start us off? Like, you know, how how do you uh, grow in those areas? Hmm. I think um, the way that you think and the way that you, like, talk about yourself to yourself is uh, so important because um, the more that you, you know, you feed on the comparisons and the more that you, you know, you know, believe those things and the more that you tell yourself, oh, I've got to be this and I've got to be that and I'm not this and I'm not that and I'm not good enough and, you know, I'm all of, I'm none of these things. The more that you, even when you think them and you don't necessarily say them, when you think them, it plants seeds. And so actually just catching your thoughts and making the decision to just not go there um, is, is yeah, it's a big thing, um, you know, in a lot of areas in my life where you just have to try to just, uh, no, that's not, that's not right. And I'm not going to feed that thought and I'm just not going to, I'm going to say the opposite. And so maybe just changing the way that you think about yourself um, intentionally. So not just saying, oh yeah, I'm going to think different, but actually um, changing and, and making the choice to say things differently and, and think things differently, you know, about yourself, because when you begin to, the more you think about it, and the more you speak it over your life, the more you're going to believe it and, and live that. Yeah, great. But you, Gabby, what, what's some real practical ways that you've actually had to 
overcome in this area? Yeah, I think it's a journey. Um, you know, it's not an overnight fix. You're not going to flick a switch and instantly, you know, get rid of comparison. Um, but I think it's really important to surround yourself with people who are going to be inputting like positivity and encouragement into your life. I think, you know, young people can get surrounded by the wrong groups of people. And because of that, um, the issues they face can get bigger and they kind of go down that rabbit hole. But I think surrounding yourself with good women, especially women who are older than you as well. I feel like if you're constantly just surrounded by your peers, you're being brought back down into that, that level. I think having, you know, leaders, solid leaders and women around you who are going to encourage you and impart positivity, positivity and just solid gold into your life is really important at such a young age. And, you know, they have much more wisdom than we can have at the age of 16. Um, so I think, yeah, surrounding yourself with good people who, you know, are going to bring you out of that rut, I think is really important. Yeah, it's good. Um, obviously, not everyone has that in their life, which is a shame. That's why I think, you know, being youth leaders is such a powerful thing. It's being role models. It's actually being a representative of Jesus, you know, and his word into, uh, you know, our teens' lives. But what's some great advice you actually have received maybe from someone either in ministry or in your family or who's someone you look up to? Um, Danielle, maybe have some thoughts about that. This is a hard question. Um, this oh, sorry, it's not going to be that hard. No, no, it's good. Um, oh, just because there's so many, you know, you've got to really dig back in your memory. Um, I think in terms of, um, like, advice, um, I just think something that I've heard over the years and something that people um, have, have reminded me about, even, you know, this year at, you know, at work, teachers were talking about this, but just the... Um, the idea that you can't pour out of an empty cup. And I think that it's really important, um, you know, as a leader and as a wife and as, you know, um, as just a woman, um, it's really important to make sure that personally that we are, you know, we're making time for ourselves, that we're making time to spend time with God and that we're filling our, filling our cup so that then we can, you know, we can give to others and it can, um, you know, it can be gracious and kind and all of those really great things that, you know, we want to be, but sometimes when you're running on empty, it's, um, it's difficult. So just being really intentional about, you know, pouring into ourselves not, and not being selfish about it, not being worried about like, yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Gabby, what about you? Um, I think one thing that has stuck with me is um, just a phrase you need to learn how to lead yourself before you can lead others. And I think it kind of flows off of what Danielle has said. You know, you, you've got to be able to be willing to go there first. Like you've got to put in the time to spend with God. You've got to pray. You've got to, you know, spend that time with him. And I think, um, you know, I always like to say, um, if you're not willing to go there first, then how can you lead others there? And I think in terms of leadership, that's something that I've carried with me is just, you know, leading myself and, and going there first and then seeing the fruit of that with people that I'm leading after. But, you know, being intentional with, okay, if I'm leading something, I need to be going all in. I need to be praying more than, you know, than I have the day before. I need to be spending more time with God. And I think that's something that I've really carried. Yeah, it's great. 
you know, look, there's a lot of talk about women at the moment um, in Australia particularly and around the world. But, you know, maybe what are some of the struggles you found as a woman in leadership? Have there been some challenges that you face maybe being a woman? Um, you know, it, it's a funny one. Isn't it? I think sometimes uh, I'm quite, uh, how do you describe it? I just get on with it sometimes. So I never actually sit there and evaluate but I probably look back and there have been some things about being a woman. And, you know, I don't want to dwell on this because I believe we're equally made in the sight of God, which I've always believed. And I've had some incredible role models in my life to look to who have pioneered, you know, the way forward. But sometimes you actually realise, you know, sometimes intimidation can come in and, you know, just some things or, you know, in a, in a male-dominated area. But have, have you faced any challenges, you know, being a woman in leadership? Danny, I'll keep throwing to you first, but... <laughs> You're on the top of, you know, my screen. I'm right there. Um, yeah, I think, um, you know, that I actually, I saw um, someone post a video uh, last, a couple of weeks ago, maybe about um, women in leadership coming across as being bossy um, and how, you know, if you're, you know, sometimes we come across being bossy, but it's actually not being bossy, you're just being a leader. And um, if you're being bossy, then you're probably not, being a good leader, but just how sometimes leadership and bossiness are meshed into one. Um, so just maybe that perception, I guess, sometimes, um, you know, and I don't know, this is sounds really stupid, but, um, and I don't know, also as a teacher as well, but like as a leader, my voice is like a bit more shrill and not as commanding as a man's. And so sometimes I find that really difficult when you're trying to, you know, like a guy can just be like, Jesus, blah, blah, blah. And it's, you know, it's harder for me because I just get more high pitch and um, it just doesn't always sound as good. And so, I mean, it sounds really stupid, but um, just, you know, sometimes a deeper voice commands authority a little bit better if that it makes sense. No, I look, and that is a very real thing. It's learning to use your voice in yeah. a way that is appealing to everyone. I know, I don't know if you remember this, but Danielle, it was a few years ago for Favour. We asked you and Emily, I think, to do oh. um, our Favour News, yeah. which we'd run every night of conference mm -hmm. and news. The problem was, Danielle and Emily were getting more excited as the news went on. Yeah. We couldn't even understand what they were saying in there because it was so high pitched. Yeah. They were so <laughs> excited. It was one of the funniest. Um, just I just laughed the whole time. So that yeah. is a very valid thing. <laughs> you know, we've got to find our pitch and, you know, the way we relate because, yeah, I, I still remember that. Fame, you remember that one too, don't you? Oh, it was a good one. I did get a prophetic word out of it, though. So all of my pestering <laughs> after Vicky got my prophetic word. So I was fine about that. Is that who are the girls on screen? Yeah. Oh, you, you got it. Kathleen Kim, I think she called us. Oh, that was so <laughs> Um, I can't even remember what we're talking about. Oh, no, challenges as a woman. Sorry, Gabby. Have yeah. you found any of those or maybe, you know, something you want to share with us? Um, I think it's not so much been within church, but just, you know, as a chaplain, um, it's funny the conversations that you can have with people. Um, you know, I think there's a um, preconceived idea that only men lead ministries like within the world so you know I've had these conversations with people in the staff room and it's gone a little bit like oh you you're a youth pastor and you know they question that and I think you know even though we're living in a day where women's rights are like being pushed more than ever I think there's still that 
idea of, oh, you know, I only expect a man to be leading something. So that's probably been one of the things that I've noticed is just, you know, having those ideas with other people that, you know, they just think, oh, men lead churches, women don't preach. That's kind of the preconceived ideas that I've come across. Yeah, I remember years ago we had a, a Catholic lady, a Catholic, a Catholic couple come to one of our services. They got invited by someone and I think they walked in thinking it would be like Catholic church or mass. And it was the day that I was preaching and, you know, they walked in and from the first moment we had a cafe and coffee, you know, that was just flipping them out. And then I preached and you could just see them. They were like, you know, uh, just days that, their eyes were so big going, why is there a woman on platform preaching? And then I met them afterwards, welcomed them. And then I said, oh, here's my husband and here's my kids. Well, that just messed them up totally going, how can you preach and be married and have <laughs> children? Um, but I think we're actually really blessed in our church because I think, you know, there's always been such a strong representation of incredible women and uh, we love doing partnership together. You know, um, I'm, I'm a big believer in, God's made us equal, but with different function, equality with different functions. And I think that's always provided a safe place in our church. All right. Over this season, we've just got a bit of a, a theme over our women. Um, it's really about it starts with me. And it's really birthed out a lot of the talk about revival that we've had. You know, we can't just go, I want revival. Something has to start within us, obviously. But, you know, maybe, maybe what are some areas in your life that you've had to take personal responsibility for? Uh, rather than maybe just sitting there and going, I'm just going to be a victim and it's not my fault and it's someone else has done this, you know, are, are you happy to share something maybe that you've had to go, you know what, it starts with me. I'm going to take responsibility in this area. What about you, Danielle? Uh, yeah. Um, I think, I mean, there's probably a million, million moments where um I can just blame others and choose, you know, be the victim, but you just have to sort of, um, you know, make the decision to, to take responsibility for your actions. Um, I think, I think at the start of this year, I was just, I was really, um, I was just sort of stirred a bit to spend extra time um, in my devotions. And, um, you know, I think last year I wasn't, you know, lax with it, but I was just, I, I was so routined in Brisbane and then when I got here, you know, so cosy in bed and you just want to snuggle and um, getting yeah. up early was a little bit harder at times. And so um, making that decision to actually get up, you know, at 5.30 every morning, even though it's cold and, you know, all of those things um, <clears throat> and not blaming, you know, oh, the night before was just a, a late night or um I'm really stressed this week or something like that. Just making that constant decision and taking ownership for that um, is one thing, <clears throat> sorry, um, that I've had to do this year. But also I just think like um, as a teacher at school, like it's um, that it's taught me a lot to take ownership over my actions because I am responsible for a group of teenagers and for young people and for teaching them. And I do see sometimes, you know, other people try to sort of, Parents sometimes try to blame teachers for things that aren't teachers' fault. Um, and, but there are things that as a teacher we need to take, I need to take responsibility of and I need to take ownership. Like, oh, yeah, I did forget about that. I'm going to, you know, own up to that and, and make that right. So um, I think as being a teacher has sort of taught me to just own it and, and be okay with 
failing or be okay with not being, you know, um, rather than blaming other people, just own my failures, own my things and just move forward and, um, you know, become a better person because of it. Yeah, that's cool. That's really good. What about you, Gabby? That's some things that you've had to go, I'm just going to take personal responsibility, even though you didn't have to, but you you know, maybe made some decisions to do that. Yeah, um, I mean, I could go really deep here. Um, (laughs) I think, you know, naturally being a young girl who grew up in a family where my parents were divorced at a young age, I think there could have been a natural progression for me to grow up with a victim mentality and, you know, to be someone who had self-pity and, you know, that sort of thing. And don't get me wrong, that's a, a hard topic for many people but I think from a young age it all started with an encounter with God but I chose you know what this isn't gonna define me and I'm gonna change the course of my history and just because it affected three generations before me that doesn't mean it's you know it doesn't have to go any further and I think that's probably the biggest thing that I've had to um, change in my story and 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 you know, make that decision to say, you know what, okay, draw the line in the sand. I'm not a victim anymore. And, you know, this is a new generation. I think that's probably the biggest, um, biggest hurdle and challenge I've had to face personally. And when when did you like sort of feel that, like you said, it came out of an encounter with God maybe, or maybe just share a bit about that? Yeah. Um, really at youth camp so don't discount youth camp so powerful um I when I was 12 years old so my first ever youth camp it was amazing it honestly a life-changing moment um you know God spoke to me and he took away a lot of the hurt that I had experienced um but it was also a really awesome moment for redemption and just um a point of connection with my siblings because it was never something that we spoke about it was never something that we you know acknowledged we no one ever showed the emotions behind that so it was a powerful moment where we all actually acknowledged what had happened and because we had that encounter and God took away that and we were able to acknowledge that with you know as brothers and sisters it was like a pivotal moment where everything just shifted and we all drew that line in the sand together so I think that's yeah at, at the age of 12 is when when we all kind of just made that decision together yeah and look credit to you Gabby I know when I met you and you know you started hanging around our house a little bit <laughs> and you know you kind of as a it's a weird feeling when you ha- happens to you you'll you'll know what I'm talking about it's like is this going to be the one? <laughs> How much do I invest as a, a woman? Um, I don't know. And Josh was terrible at giving all the signs away sometimes. But I will say this of you, you know, I remember asking you, tell me about your family. And you just said, oh, it's complicated. And I probably didn't realise how complicated it was um, until you actually sat down and I heard the story. But I, I will say I've never seen the residue um, and I think sometimes we can all go through circumstances in our life. And I think the difference in people is whether they carry the residue of hurt or the residue of the pain. And it's almost like it's attached to them. It's like another skin that they wear. And, and I've never seen that in your life. You know, I think you've, um, it's, yeah, you've left that behind. It's really powerful. Uh, look, I want to talk about this because, you know, Danielle, you moved to Launceston last year and then we literally locked down. It was like, welcome to Launceston. Poor <laughs> Jordan, 
Um, now, Jordan, you are a, a tradesperson. Yeah. And, and he worked in the church building, basically. He was a tradie for a year. It was great. Yeah. And did he have any experience before that as a tradie? Uh, no, nothing. No. If you need a plaster, it Jordan's your guy. Um, And you even put on a reno in your house, haven't you? Yeah, it's so good. And he actually knows, you know, he knows what he's doing now, which is like that was was great for that because otherwise we would have both been like, what are we doing? Oh, so funny. I think it's only really this year sort of going, all right, we're we're here in Launceston, let's do something now. (laughs) Ministry. But, you know, okay, stepping in and moving to Launceston, what sort of challenges did you have to overcome? Even like going to a new group of people, um, you know, different culture. I mean, we don't want to think we're all different cultures, but there's some slight differences. What are some of the things you had to actually deal with when you went down there? Yeah, I mean, definitely um, had to had to deal with, I guess, um, fear and faith, like the fear of, oh, will I get a job? What's it going to be like down there? So the lead up to it, there was, you know, um, just in the trust and and having that sort of um, decision. But, yeah, when we get down, when we got down here, yeah, the, you know, it is a little bit different. People say things a little bit different down here or have different words for things, um, which I still get teased about. Tell us us what they are. Um, Juice box is a popper. Um, canteen, um, I say tuck shop and they laugh at me for that. I also say graph and they say graph. So lots of lots of um, different things that isn't nothing bad but just funny little things. Um, and I learned about savoury toast today, which I'd never heard of, but that's a, you know. What's savoury toast? I don't really know. I think it's tomato sauce and bacon cooked in a, in a grill. I'd never heard of it, um, but that's a thing that they have down here. Wow, there you go. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, the challenge of, of actually having to step out of, you know, my comfort zone and, and you know, on a Sunday um, in Brisbane you could just go to, you know, you know the people and you go to those people. But down here you actually have to um, make a real effort to go and to meet new people and to have conversations with people. And um, sometimes that's difficult and awkward, but I'm um, just being able to, um, to do that. Um, you know, challenges in finding, a, you know, getting a job and um, also just, yeah, adjusting to the, um, you know, the church and trying to, you know, make youth work and do all of those things, especially when, you know, we'd sort of just met the kids and got to learn their names and then, you know, got put in lockdown. That was, um, that was really, that was really challenging um, last year, you know, for that. Yeah. And so, Gabby, obviously you and Josh, Jordan and Danielle left and you and Josh sort of stepped into that gap and you weren't married yet you're a few weeks off getting married what sort of challenges even personally did you have to go through last year in stepping up to new leadership yeah I think um and we spoke about this a few times but I think the biggest thing when stepping into a position of leadership where you have been friends with everyone is stepping into the role and then having that peer leader relationship where it was you know they were all my friends and now I have to lead them I think that's probably been the most difficult thing in terms of leadership in the first year especially um yeah you know having to lead your your best friend and then also have that friendship and then navigating that was probably the most difficult thing for us initially um so yeah yeah and I think let's be honest in leadership um, a lot of people don't realize this but uh, 
loneliness is actually a really big thing. And, um, you know, it can actually be something, you know, we're thankful for our husbands, but sometimes it can be a bit of a lonely thing. Have you ever experienced loneliness, Danielle, in leadership? Yeah, you know, um, it is sort of a a lonely road to travel at times because, um, you know, it's the the situations that you're dealing with and the things that you're dealing with, you can't always share with, with, you know, the work with other people. Um, And so you've got to be, you know, careful with those sorts of things and you've got to, you know, um, keep people's trust and confidentiality um, while trying to, you know, um, process things that are going on yourself. And so, yeah, there are times where it does um, feel lonely, but I think it's always really important. Um, like you said, you know, I'm so thankful for Jordan because we're just, you know, I, we're a great team. I, you know, we bounce off each other and I always know that, um, you know, whenever, you know, I know, I know I'm never alone because he's there and he can always, you know, be a listening ear, but I think it's always really important to have, you know, someone that you trust that you can, you know, talk to about those things and, um, you know, um, yeah, who can encourage you and, um, and speak into your life as well. Cause yeah, it can get lonely. Yeah. What about you, Gabby? Um, I don't feel as though I've experienced learning loneliness in leadership. Um, I think, you know, that, that peer relationship was difficult to navigate, but I also still had, you know, the boundary of, okay, you're still my friend. Um, so, you know, Eliana's my best friend. She's amazing. Um, <laughs> so I think personally, I haven't experienced that yet. Um, but it's saying that, you know, we all experience loneliness at some points in life. Um, you know, for me, that was transitioning, moving from Wunderberg. So I think, you know, having, yeah, like Danielle said, having those um, people in your life that can encourage you. And I think, you know, Josh is my best friend. And if that ever does, you know, if those feelings ever do, okay, I know that he's that person for me. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. All right. So how how do you go deeper in God? Because, you know, I, I think there's a lot of things we say, oh, you know, just get into God and just, you know, spend some time with God. I think sometimes we can be a little bit cliche, um, but what does that actually look like for you? <laughs> you know, let's talk nitty gritty. What does that mean? You know, how do you press into God? How do you grow that part of, you know, your spiritual life? You know, Danielle, maybe just give us some insight into that. Yeah, so um, I, you know, in the mornings I like to you know, spend some time worship and, and praying and um you know, you know, reading the Bible and journaling and having, you know, um, tra- like interlinear translations and those sorts of things that you can actually study it and go a little bit deeper than the surface level, but also just um, filling yourself up, you know, in the, in the day-to-day as well. So like when I'm, when I'm driving, it's, you know, worship music and all of those sorts of things, whenever I'm in the car, whenever I'm, you know, when I'm cleaning at home, you know, um, podcasts, you know, and all of, you know, um, from different pastors so that you can get different perspectives and different, um, you know, what, you know, views on um, lots of different things, I think is always really important. So just, um, you know, we've got so much technology at our hands these days and it's such um, actually an advantage um, and also just being really intentional with not getting distracted when I am spending time with God um, and, 
like obviously when I'm listening to the podcast and vacuuming or whatever, that's a, you know, I'm, I'm meant to be distracted, I guess. But, you know, when I'm intentional about sitting down and spending, you know, my morning um, before I do anything, I think it's really important to just not be distracted in those moments. That's good. Gabby, what about you? How do you really get deeper in God? I think um, the most important thing is just having a time and a place. I think if you don't have a time and a place, you can schedule God around your day. Um, but I think it's important to schedule your day around God and have that place and time where you are sitting down and spending that time with him. So for me, it's like the first thing that I'll read in the morning is my Bible because, you know, you want to start your day with him being the first. Um, and, you know, having time of prayer and worship is so important. And I think, yeah, just having that time and place and knowing that's consistent, I think consistency is key. And then expanding on that, like whether you start with 30 minutes and then, you know, you say, you know what, God, I'm going to give you an hour this morning and then expanding on that for me. I pray in my car on the way to work, which is awesome because it takes me an hour to get there. <laughs> um, so, you know, having those, those specific times um, and then, yeah, just going deeper in the word, like Danielle said, reading different translations and getting an understanding of what you're actually reading rather than just, uh, you know, I feel like sometimes we can think quantity is everything when really quality and understanding and getting something out of what you're reading is so important more so than reading a whole book in a month you know so yeah yeah it's great all right we're going to finish but uh real quick what would you say to your younger self if you could just give yourself some advice now and we're talking to young people here how old are you danielle uh 26 okay so we're talking to young people i know as a 50 year old there's a lot of advice i'd give myself but all right talk to your teenage self what would you say to your teenage self danielle um i think I would probably say to myself and um, just looking at how, how kids get into things all these, you know, these days and they get involved and they do stuff. And I really wasn't that kind of person. I was the one to, you know, tell mum and dad that I just didn't want to go to the athletics carnival at school and they'd let me not go. Um, and so um, I'm taking ownership of that. I'm not blaming my parents for just enabling me. Um, there we go. That's an example. Um, but I think just my younger self, I think, just give it a go. Don't be afraid of failure and just, you know, get in, experience as much as you can. And, um, yeah, don't be afraid of, I think, yeah, sometimes I was so afraid of what people thought of me, but who cares? Just have a go, have fun. Yeah. And do you think you've overcome that now? Uh, yeah, I think I did. Um, I think Bible college was a really big moment for me where I just, um, yeah, I was able to just, fear of what people thought, fear of what, you know, those sorts of things. It was just not really important to me anymore. And I was just able to, yeah, to deal with it and, and leave it there. That awesome. What about you, Gabby? Yeah. Um, I think one thing that's really stuck with me for the last few years, and I think I wish I had have heard it when I was younger, is that, you know, you can still feel emotions but carry joy at the same time. I think sometimes as young people, we can, you know, we, cause I am young still, <laughs> um, but you know, teenagers, they, you know, they can feel something and it's the end of the world and they think there's nothing left. But I think when we understand that joy comes from God and emotions are a worldly thing, 
then we can have that understanding of, okay, I can go through things and feel things, but still have an understanding that I have joy. And that comes from God, not from anything else. Um, I think that's something that I would share with me if I was talking to my younger self. <laughs> so how did, how did you find that in your life though? How did you actually find joy? Just knowing more of God and understanding he is the source of joy. So when we know him more, we can have more joy. I think that's, yeah. Now that's great. Look, I want to say thank you for, first of all, indulging me just to have a chat, which is really lovely of you both. Um, Gabby probably had no choice, but Danielle, you certainly did. Um, <laughs> I want to say thank you. I want to honour you both as well. I want to say honour you and say thank you for leading our teenagers in this season, um, putting your hand up. And it's not always easy, but I want to thank you. Thank you, Danielle, for going to Tassie. Um, we, we just honour you guys so much. And for Gabby, you know, stepping in in this season, um, you know, it's a big shift, big changes. But, yeah, you guys are legends. We just think you represent the heart of our church, the culture and the spirit so well. And I couldn't think of better people for our young people, particularly our young girls, to follow in life. So I want to say a huge thank you. And, uh, yeah, you're a blessing to so many. But, uh, anyway, I hope everyone who's been listening today uh, has enjoyed it. I don't know if you've got any final words, Danielle, you want to say to anyone? Um, any wisdom? I don't <laughs> have any wisdom. But uh, thank you all for listening. I hope you have a great day or night whenever you're listening. And, um, yeah, have a great rest of your day. Awesome. Gabby, any wise words you want to leave us with? Wise words. <laughs> Um, I think the last thing I shared was probably what I'd leave everyone with. Find, find your joy in God. Sounds good. But no, I thank you so much. And I want to thank everyone who's listening uh, today to our favorite friends podcast. We're just so glad that you could join us. And I hope this has been a blessing to you and uh, stay tuned for what's coming next. I know you're going to be blessed. Okay. Bye.